This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? <laughs> Expecto Patronum! I am ready. You are getting the new and improved me. Because if you put peace out in the world, you get peace back. I think you might be forgetting what you do for a living. Take the gun. Every job I do, somebody dies. I'm not that guy anymore. Some conflicts require a gun. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And today is going to be the day where we disagree with a lot of critics because we <laughs> are reviewing Bullet Train, which is based on a Japanese novel, Maria Beetle by Kotaro Isaka, uh, directed by David Leach. Um, Leach? Will we say Leach or Leach? I thought Leech. it was Leach or Leach. Okay. David Leach, right? Yeah, um, yes. David Leach, yeah. David Leach of Deadpool 2 fame and uh, starring, of course, you heard there, the voice of Brad Pitt, among so many other people. This this cast is stacked. You know, I got to say, right, maybe a lot of this just has to do with expectation because we talked about Lightyear yesterday and I had very high expectations for that and perhaps the movie was never going to meet those expectations. Whereas with something like Bullet Train, I went in not having any expectations at all. The trailer kind of looked fun, but I was kind of whatever about it. Ended up hugely enjoying it. Really glad I caught it in the cinema. Um, Literally a fun ride from beginning to end. So I think my expectations were lower than yours um, because because I I had no idea this movie was even a thing until about a few weeks ago. I think I saw the trailer in front of uh, Top Gun um, and I had no interest to check it out. The trailer looked a bit boring. It looked a bit slow. Um, the movie, though, is so much fun. Like, it's so clever. It's so witty, uh, so funny. It has a weird, like, kinetic energy to it throughout, which I really like. Um, and I and, and I don't know. I, I don't know if it, it if it's because I didn't know what to expect or I had zero expectations for this movie. But I had like such a good time on a Sunday morning in a cinema that for a movie that I did not expect to see that I didn't know existed. So I've been excited for it for a while. So it's good. We've got a variety of expectations. I, I was excited mostly because uh, I love the fact that it was set in Japan, and we, which means always that you get a certain aesthetic, uh, particularly because the aesthetic of the trailer also already had some of that, that neon and the uh, Shinkansen bullet train sort of approach to things. So I, I thought it was going to be fun. I've missed Brad Pitt being silly. Although having said that, he has recently been playing silly, but not in the main role capacity. And so to watch him being silly for like two hours straight was was something I was excited about. And then I didn't even realize that we were going to get Brian Tyree Henry or uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. And so Hiroyuki Sanada, Hiroyuki Sanada, (laughs) doing Hiroyuki Sanada things. And so I was excited. And then it was tempered by the fact that reviews included words like stupid. And I thought, okay, brainless, brainless. (laughs) Um, And I wasn't sure then how it was going to go. 
so much fun. I mean, it, it's I think the rewatchability quotient's very high. Um, I, I came out of it thinking, oh, I can't wait for that to come out on television so that I can just watch it and drop in and out of it because it's so fun. It's The story isn't much of a muchness, right? It's a bunch of assassins and operatives who find themselves on a train. Their lives intersect in some strange way. Um, Brad Pitt is Lady... Is it Bug or Bird? Ladybug. Ladybug. Um, <laughs> Brad Pitt is codenamed Ladybug. Terrible luck. Um, you've got Lemon and Tangerine, the, the twins, one of whom is black, one of whom is white. Um, you've got just all sorts of people um, who take a while to recognize that other people are also on the train doing stuff. Yes, and the strength of this film, even though Brad Pitt has been the headliner, um, the strength of the film is actually in the ensemble cast. Like every single person cast in this film, uh, some who we will name in this review and some best you discover when you watch the film, are all perfect in the parts they play. Um, everyone understands just exactly the the pitch that they're going for with a movie like this, which is a combination of like gangster and also ridiculous. Um, they also understand that that kinetic energy that you referred to, Arvin, everyone has this like tightly wound energy about them that's great. Uh, Joey King, um, another one that I did not expect to be this interesting, but she was great as um, her code name is Prince. Um, and I think it's just the way the film cuts from character to character. Um, and in movies like these, often you'll find that if there is a weak link, when the frame shifts to them, you can't wait to get back to the others. I never felt that way. Every time they shifted to a different character, I was like, ooh, what's going to happen next? And yeah, great fun. Yeah, and seriously, don't go look up the cameos. Like, it's mm. so fun when people show up. Like, people you recognize just pop into the frame. It's so, so fun. Um, I think the best way to enjoy this movie is to let the movie flow without trying to understand everything that's going on or every single detail. Because I was halfway through Bullet Train when I finally started to piece things together and start to like understand how everything was, was strung together nicely, right? Um, because I don't think the movie is good at establishing backstory or establishing uh, the plot or the storyline, but it is very, very good at um, coming full circle with everyone's arc and, and bringing everyone into a, like a nice coherent piece of storytelling so yeah like like ignore the overstimulation i think uh, the flashy fonts all the the you know the exposition dumps uh, it will make sense as the movie goes along but it can get a bit frustrating like, in the first like 30 minutes because everything's happening at once and you have no idea exactly where this story is going and if that's something that you constantly think about then it's gonna it it, it is gonna take up a lot of mental space i think i get that uh because i I think I've said this before on air that when I watch mystery movies, I'm happy to not solve. It's the same process mm. I take while reading mystery novels. I never try to guess the person. I know that there are people for whom that is the entire purpose of watching these movies or reading these books. So if that's you, um, and Bullet Train comes from a very well-received uh, crime novel. So crime mystery novel. So if that's you and you're like that, um, it's understandable. I don't know, therefore, if this is going to be so much fun. But if you approach it as the characters are really charming. So that was my main thing, that even as the exposition dumps or the story was like, eh, what is happening? Which city are we in? What is going on? Um, even as that was happening, I found the characters kind of charming and funny and good company. They didn't have to be particularly deep. It takes a very long time for any of them to have some sort of emotional backstory. Some of them never mm. get that. But they're charming. And I I enjoyed, whenever we went back to them, I'm like, ah, 
you guys, okay, what new dumb thing are you going to do? And so, yeah, I, I enjoyed it on those terms. But at, you're absolutely right that if you're going in, approaching it as a puzzle box, that it's going to be a bit difficult to reckon with. I didn't even mind any of the things that you guys were talking about, like the flashy fonts. The oh no, I love that. Yeah, yeah. like the, the that, disjointed, yeah. like jumping back and forth. The not really understanding how these twins don't look anything alike. Um, you know, or uh, Ladybug and his relationship with his therapist. Like I was fine with it. I was just his like, therapist, not his handler. I know. No, it, yes. Interesting how you're going with that. Um, Honestly, if you had ever sat and thought to yourself, what would it be like if a Guy Ritchie film met a Quentin Tarantino film and met mm. Oceans? What would that be like? This is what that would be like. Um, and I know it sounds bonkers, but that's exactly what it is. Um, actually, a lot of the criticism revolves around the fact that this film feels like a weak version of Tarantino or Guy Ritchie. But I think that's actually doing it a bit of a disservice because the... I feel like this movie is a very particular thing. It's obviously inspired by a lot of these tropes, but I also think it manages to be something quite unique in itself. So, um, so I, I'm going to admit that that was a bit of a problem for me because I felt that uh, I felt like it felt like a love letter to Tarantino and uh, Guy Ritchie films by a new filmmaker. And, and David Leach is not a new filmmaker. Like he has his own style. Uh, he, is, he has his own unique sense of he, he used to be a, a stunt person. Right. So uh, he has his own sense of action and choreography. And when I saw those nods and those uh, that, that those aesthetic choices, the, the way the movie moved, I was like, why why does it feel like a new filmmaker coming into Hollywood writing this love letter to his favorite filmmakers? And I didn't get it because David Leach is a veteran. Like he's been in the industry for a long, long time. Deadpool 2 has its own signature quality, Atomic Blonde, own signature quality, John Wick. Um, yeah, so that was a bit of a downside for me. I couldn't, I couldn't take myself out of that mindset of seeing this as somebody who's a huge fan of, of Tarantino and um, Guy Ritchie. That is interesting. I did not have that feeling. And I think it comes down to efficient filmmaking, which I recognize sounds like I'm damning with faint praise. But actually, while I was watching it, I kept thinking, this is like when you build something from Ikea and it comes together perfectly, you know, without the frustration of like, I lost the screw, I can't find the thing. Um, it has that pleasure of yeah, this thing is supposed to go to this thing, so that's the logical next step. And now the logical other next step is for this thing to come up and fit against this. It doesn't actually introduce anything that you don't need to know, which is an like, like a curious quality, right? Everything that happens, you know, is going to have a repercussion later. It's very simple in that sense. And for me, there was a pleasure in watching, like I said, charming characters, um, very good stunt work in some instances, and also just, yeah, the story is fitting together in this very neat slot A, part B. Everything's just going together and working well. I like that. I, I don't think it has to be more than that. And and maybe because of that, I didn't compare it to the other filmmakers who make superior but also much more serious films. The silliness of this film helped me overlook that. The silliness and I think the distinctiveness of the action scenes, which is really where the David Leachness comes along. They look right? great. The fights, um, the the uh, various ways in which the train is used as a backdrop for action sequences. Sometimes irrationally. <laughs> yeah, sometimes oh, yeah. very irrationally. Uh, but you can see how, you can then see that this isn't a newbie director, right? Like this is a guy who's done Atomic Blonde, who's worked on John Wick, who did Deadpool 2. And you can see that in this movie, the action scenes and the fights 
fight scenes are so well finessed. They look great. Um, again, not necessarily something you have to watch in the cinema, but if you do, actually looks great on a big screen. Yeah, um, I saw this interview a while back uh, when Atomic Blonde came out, and David Leach actually said that he was inspired by uh, video games when making stuff like Deadpool 2, uh, more John Wick and more uh, Atomic Blonde. Um, and I kept thinking about that interview after watching Bullet Train because it makes so much sense, right? Like everything about this movie um, is such a fun video game. Like I would love to play this if, if it was converted into a video game. Um, like the different cars are different levels, then you have different characters with different skill sets, different backstories. Um, and it's all leading up to like one big bad uh, boss fight. I love that. So I think like um, just knowing that piece of trivia and knowing how he, you know, like like structures his movies is is fun. And this would this would have made such a good video game to sit down and play because it, it functions so well as one of those things. That makes the whole efficient thing I was talking about earlier make so much more sense, right? When it's structured mm. like a game, that makes I can't perfect sense. It now. Yeah. It actually it actually does feel like a game now that you've mentioned it. Yeah. We're talking today about Bullet Train, um, which is directed by David Leach, starring Brad Pitt, uh, also featuring Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Brian Tyree Henry, Hiroyuki Sanada, Joey King, uh, some people that I can't name because those are, I would think, spoilers. Uh, let us know if you've watched Bullet Train. And did you have fun like we did? You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Bring forth Moolah, BFM 89.9. <laughs> We'll ruin your life the way you ruin mine. Dude, I don't even know you. There's nothing simple about this job. Something else going on here. Yeah, I'm not the only one on this train looking for this case. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And together we're reviewing Bullet Train, uh, which is a sort of assassin's caper on a, on a bullet train from Tokyo to Kyoto, basically. Um, it was directed by David Leach. It is based on a novel by Kotaro Isaka. And I think the time has come to talk about the performances because we've mentioned the direction, the action sequences, but also the performances are so fun. Um, I think that the key thing for me is everybody in this film is doing things that we know that they're good at and there's a pleasure again in watching people do exactly the kind of things you enjoy watching them on screen for so that's one thing the other thing is also that I think they know the brief you know sometimes you get like a Jared Leto every movie has a Leto <laughs> sometimes nobody it's, went method no sometimes it's the Leto sometimes it's a Leto you know it really depends but you always get this one actor who's like doing Shakespeare in the middle of something like a bullet train and here I feel like everybody knows what they're doing and therefore the pitch of the performances are a certain kind of ridiculous, which really works. I've missed watching Brad Pitt like this. Um, oh, I've, he's so horrible. I love him. <laughs> he's 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 likable and yet kind of punchable. And someone literally says he has a face I want to punch at one point, I think. About Brad Pitt. Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I love it. Um, he's so good. Um, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, for me, was another favourite. So good. Um, has great chemistry with Brian Tyree. Brian Tyree Henry, um, and I think the the double act of pairing them together, the way they ping pong off each other, and the best thing about the movie is that it kind of establishes these sort of pockets of characters, and then mixes it up because then you get to see them sort of 
have to interact with each other in these really fun, uncomfortable ways. Um, I love it. I think the performances are really the high point of the film. Yeah, because the chemistry is so strong, right? Like, if you think about it, like, each and every one of these characters can have their own spin-off movies. Like, it can be a whole whole other universe by itself. Like, all of them have different lanes and different things that they are doing. Sour Patch Kids, the oh, Lemon and Tangerine yeah. story. I'd watch that. I would watch that, <laughs> I would yes. so, so watch that. Um, but, but I'm so happy that they got Brad Pitt to stick to this lane specifically because they could have easily made him um, sort of, like, rugged, very serious sort of action hero, very uh, John Wicky. Uh, but they 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 uh, played to his like comedic timing, and then they they use that. They know that he's sort of aged, like he's not a young action star. So they're not getting him to be Tom Cruise. Uh, they're getting him to be Brad Pitt. So you know that he's not the one doing all of the stunts. But it doesn't matter because the stunts look good, the action looks good, uh, the CGI looks good. But they're just like he's so um, he's so witty, and like you said, he's so annoying and irritating. But he does it in such a Brad Pitt way that you cannot help but feel he's charming and, and you and you continue to like him even though he's such a blundering mess. <laughs> so credit to Zach Olkowicz, right? Because the the thing about the ladybug character is that and the reason why Brad Pitt is able to really spread his non-wings and do his non-things <laughs> in the movie is because the writing is so specific. Everybody knows a guy like this guy. And this and the specificity of how annoying he is and why I think is key to what makes him great. I I don't want to spoil it. I think you get little hints of, you know, assassin or a smash and grab guy with a heart of gold, but not really a heart of gold in the clips. But he's really fun to watch. Aaron Taylor Johnson, it's hard to put a handle. It's hard to exactly grasp why it worked. I think it was, again, the comedic timing, the charisma, um, the fact the double act was really fun. Can we talk about Hiroyuki Sanada, though? Yes, because... Actually, with Hiroyuki Sanada, I feel like we often see him being shortchanged in Hollywood mm. films, right? Like cast mm. in absolutely nothing roles. He comes on like smolders for like all of five minutes and then he's gone. I thought that was what was going to happen in this movie and I was very disappointed. So I'm really glad that the movie just does him justice and he's great in the film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because when I, we see him in the beginning and he shows up and I'm like, oh, OK, so he's doing one of those bit roles again. He's going to be like someone's dad or someone's boss or the person who hires the gang, um, like in the Zack Snyder movie. One of those things. <laughs> we were the- just talking about that film earlier. <laughs> What is it? The, the zombie movie. Army um, of the Dead. Army of the... Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I thought he was going to do. But then to see that they gave him so much finally... Um, was nice. It was so much fun. This is like, um, I think the last time he did so much was in Mortal Kombat. He didn't even do that much in Mortal Kombat. Which is sad, right? That's the thing about Hiroyuki Sanada. So he was who I was thinking about when I said watching the people do exactly what you want them to do on screen, Mm -hmm. doing it and doing Mm -hmm. it well. Because he smolders, he has uh, touches of humour, which are really fun and lovely to watch. Um, He's kind of witty and sad. He gets to do all the things. And then he also gets to fight. And you're like, yeah, this is everything I want out of a Hiroiki Sanada show. This is, no, that's exactly it. And it's the case with everyone that's in this role, in this movie, right? Um, I don't want to name uh, the surprise cameos, but there are actors in Mm -hmm. here who, you know, could have easily gone in a different direction. And yet, are exactly what you want to see from them. Any more, and it would have been too much. They couldn't have gone in a different direction. The wig wouldn't allow them. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. (laughs) That is true. That is true. Um, But speaking of which, uh, should this movie have a sequel? 
Because oh, man. It's, got, oh. it's got so much potential for sequel, you know. It, they don't have to use Brad Pitt again. Of course, they are going to use Brad Pitt again if they could. But uh, sequel, prequel, spin-off, there is so much potential here for this for this thing. So can I just say that so far, it's a bust in the, block, uh, in the box office. It's actually underperforming. Mm. It's under its budget. So... I don't know if it's going to have one, which is sad. Again, I don't understand what people are not getting about Bullet Train. But I, oh, I'm going to buck the trend. I think I'd like to see something. I don't know about a sequel because the way the movie has ended, I don't know what potential there is for this configuration. But it's like a knives out thing, right? You yes. can continue to do something in that, yes. that rough setup with an ensemble cast, with that certain sense of fun, without necessarily... But like, what? Are we just going to do different like planes, trains, automobiles, that oh, kind of I thing? I was thinking <laughs> that I'd love to see what Arvin was saying, which is... Well, I'd see the South Patch Kids, for one. Um, but also just these different people and their backstories would be kind of cool. Um, Ladybug and his handler and other adventures would be kind of cool too. Yeah, honestly, I think I'm just saying I would love to see more of this. Actually, very much like Knives Out because they this isn't a cinema movie. Uh, I think we mentioned it a couple of times. Like this movie didn't have to be a cinema thing. Really? No. Been, not really, yeah, no. Yeah, no. It would have been like the perfect Saturday afternoon Netflix or any streaming platform release. So I think if they could continue this on a streaming service, like just like uh, Knives Out, if they did that, I would totally watch it. Like I would watch a whole mini series or 10 episode thing if they just like spun off from here. Yeah, I think considering how much we all liked it, we'd just be reviewing it forever, you know? Um, <laughs> and yeah. only us because no no other critics seem to have liked it. Right or not? It's so strange. Tell us, have you watched Bullet Train? Do you like it better? Do you like it as much as we do? Do you like it more than the other critics do? So many people hate it. Uh, you can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Write to us, of course, at movies at bfm.my. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.